Hello and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, along with my co-host, Ed Carbajal. And on a weekly basis, we plan to bring you the biggest news and interviews in the world of combat sports. Ed, how you doing, brother? Cool, cool. Chilling. How's everybody? Doing great. Um, this week, we're lucky to have MMA veteran of Strike Force Bellator, KSW, Akhmat Fights, Virgil Zwicker. Virgil, how you doing, brother? Good, good. How are you guys doing today, man? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, definitely, man. Thanks for coming on. I'm I'm uh really excited to be talking to you. Um you definitely uh you definitely made your rounds in the sport of MMA for for a long time now. Um and I know you got a lot to say about uh, how you came up and and what you've been through and stuff. So I'm really excited to talk to you tonight. I I appreciate that. Yeah, it's been a it's been a, a long and uh, awesome journey, you know what I mean? Um Kind of, kind of, kind of been blessed. I've been blessed, you know. I'm still, still healthy. I'm for the most part. I have no major injuries, but I love what I do. You know, love, I've always, I love, grew up fighting since I was a baby. You know, it's instilled with me, so it's kind of been, been a fun thing to do. Well, let, been able to make a living doing it. Let Let's get into that a little bit. What um, what got you into the mixed martial arts or the combat world? Um. A little known fact, um, I know your first fight was for Mark Hall in the uh, Cobra Classic 9 here in Temecula, and I was actually a judge for that event. Um, while training with Mark, he asked me to uh, work cage side and judge your fight. Um, but how did, how did that fight come about for you? Yeah, my, uh, so my older brother, my oldest brother, actually I have five older brothers, and uh, my oldest brother joined was, was a fighter at the time, and he had um, – he had got injured because he's a firefighter also at the, and, and uh, he cut his finger in an accident. And I was running a muck on the reservation. It was probably like 17, 18 years old, I think at the time and needed money. I was running from the cops and he knew I was out, you know, fighting. And I was a good, I mean, ever since I was a young kid, I was a pretty good fighter because I just started fighting at 10, 11 years old, just hanging on the wrong crowds and doing the wrong things. And, my dad always was rough on us boys, so we ever did anything and didn't do what we were supposed to do. We were outside fighting, so kind of, kind of got a, uh, kind of got into trouble. That's what kind of got me into MMA, you know. And now, now that's thank God, it's what got me out, you know, got me out of being in trouble. You said uh, you you came up fighting a lot. Did you develop your own style? I mean, like if you had a, if you had you know a lot of guys will say like I'm a jujitsu guy or a Muay Thai guy. If if you had to uh, say you're a type of fighter, what type of fighter would you say you are? I'm definitely a striker now. I mean, you know, for for me, the the fighting aspect wasn't wasn't uh, being in a fight. I really love that. I never had any emotion like like I don't think until my last three four fights ago. Um, I want to say maybe the fight. I think it was like the Brian Rogers fight, and then another fight I had like the um, what did you say? Like where where my I had a panic attack almost going in every, every fight in my whole entire life. I welcomed him. I loved it. That's, I mean, I was, that's what drove me to be a, a fighter. Just never really thought about it. Never feared being in a fighter, getting hit or nothing like that. So the hard part for me and with, with the professional part was to learn the techniques, learn how to throw a proper punch. You know, for me, I'll just swing for the fences. And if I catch you, which most of the time I did, you know, I would do good. But when it came to learning the part of being a martial artist and the technique, I really, really, really enjoy striking. That's like my favorite, favorite part of uh, the martial artist. And then I think wrestling would probably be my second. 
Mm. Yeah, and plus uh, the stress relief that comes with ex- expending that type of energy is definitely, it just makes you feel good, whatever happens inside your body chemically. But um, uh, you said you had a, p- a panic attack. Uh, that not that not Was that not that long ago? You said three years ago you were already fighting a lot, no? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I never, ever went through anything. I mean, I had, fought, I had like, I think I was like on my 18th fight, and I uh, was walking out to the fight, and I just, you know, I think it was, I think more than anything, it was just because my, my lifestyle was changing. I think I had been more, I really had paid a lot of dividends and work into being that fighter to where I know for sure, like the Livingston Vassal fight, I, uh, I basically just had a lot of stuff happening that, that, that month of the fight, but I won't blame anything on the fact that I was just gun shy and, and I was so methodical and working on so many things to be a professional and look like a professional yeah. that I didn't perform like a, you know, because I, before, you know, I, I was just, and, 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 you know, a lot of my, my family and everybody knows me, especially my teammates, they know that I'm, I'm going forward and I love to hit and I don't give a damn if you hit me or not. Matter of fact, sometimes it takes a punch for me to get going in a fight and, and, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, I think with that fight, I just was so worried about looking good and being technical and, and, and really work so hard to be look like in looking in the cage as a professional rather than just like a brawler that I was. Um, and I think I went away from what got me there, my roots. And that's why that one. And, and I want to say it was the Brian Rogers fight. I had a lot going on that week with my, my football team that I was coaching that I just was walking out. And I, I don't know. I just never had that feeling where I was actually like an anxiety attack. And and I just was like, whoo, and I've never doubt, never been, it wasn't that it was fear, but I think it was just more like, whoa, whoa, it's going down. And I, and I never had that in my life happen. And even when I was in prison, I never had that happen. You know, it was like the fear is what drove me, you know. Do you ever think it's the, it's the, it's that little downtime, the patience that you have to have until, until the first bell or something that that little time in between is when all that stuff creeps in. Only reason I'm asking is because I can kind of relate to it when I, when I competed in jujitsu, uh, years ago, I remember asking, I asked you, I actually asked David Adiv the same question because I kept saying to him, I said, I'm not nervous and I feel like I should be nervous. And then I finally got nervous because of while well, sitting around waiting. You think that had something to do with it? No, no. Was, this was actually on, you know, I, I had a great warm up. Uh, the list of the self fight, I think, was with me was more just stuff that was going outside of the cage. And then, and then the dad, that night of the yeah. fight, Bellator kind of played games. And that was the old regime of Bellator where, you know, they, they would have prelims before the main card, then they have the main card and then they have prelims after. And for me, it was in my hometown. So they had me warm up saying, saying that I was the third fight. So I was there at two o'clock. It was going to fight at five. I ended up didn't fight until 10 o'clock because they had me warm up three times. And that one, by the time I came out to fight, I was just so, yeah. You know, in my own head and, and worried that, that oh, who's here? You know, it was just such a, a long day and long night that when it came to throwing punches or sprawling or underhook, I, I just kind of didn't even respond, you know. And then as far as with Brian Rogers, I think I just more – I've never – I don't know. Honestly, with that one, I've never had anything like that happen, like yeah. besides my kids being born or worried about my kids. That, that was like the first time I've ever had anything professionally worried, mm-hmm. you know. Well, it can't be easy to have to warm up three – four times in a night to get ready for a fight and then have your opponent be someone the caliber of, of Vassell. Um, I mean, the guy's a killer in the cage. I've actually spoke to him about the fight with you, another awesome guy and real respectful fighter. He showed a lot of respect for you. And, um, you know, that's, that's got to add to it. Um, when you, are there, of all your fights you've had, I mean, you fought some of the, some big names, LeVar Johnson, uh, Alexander Emelianenko, you just fought uh, in Chechnya last December. Um, I don't know if the fans know, but you had a, you have a win over OSP. Um, 
in uh, Puerto Rico. Yeah. Um, what was your What was your favorite fight? And uh, what were What was one of the guys that I mean? What was your toughest fight? Would you say off the top of your head? So, so the toughest fight in MMA that I I mean, the most enjoyable fight I think for me in MMA. I learned a lot about myself, and I actually did everything right for that fight and in that camp and even during the fight uh, was would be for sure Guto and Asante um, and Strikeforce. I, I, the first two seconds of that fight are like, maybe it was like the first 20 seconds, but he threw a low kick and I went to catch it and my fingers snapped back and twisted. Ooh. It wasn't a break. It was to where the nerve, it literally looked like, uh, like my, like the pinky, my, my nail was the opposite way that turned all the way around. Oh, and, God. And, the nerve, I never had a feeling of the nerves where they were, my hand was just completely, I couldn't touch, I couldn't burn. It was just locked. And I was just like, ah, so when I looked down, he head kicked me. And, and then I just went off of a reaction. And, and for me, that was probably one of my finest fights I've been in uh, as far as learning a lot about myself, going, doing. It was a great fight. He, he's, he was an amazing, nobody wanted to fight the guy. He has amazing striking. When I looked him up, I had like six different names come up under him. And like, so for me, I've always been, I've always been a, I've always enjoyed the the journey as far as when I do take a fight, I don't give a damn who it is or what it is. I, li- I like the challenges of what most of these fighters, just like when I fought Linson Vassell, nobody even knew who he was. I mean, I didn't know who he was. I took that fight on a three-week notice, and I think they kind of, Belcher kind of had a, a little payback for me for for my stupid interview over in Poland. But um, I, definitely, I definitely know for sure that I have never underestimated any of my opponents. But my favorite, favorite fight of all time in my history would definitely be um, – a kickboxing match with uh, Sergey Pikal. We went 25 minutes of just brutal war. Nose was broken, sticking out. Yeah. I actually won the fight, but uh, the, the the judges and the ref had got the cards backwards, so they gave him the, the belt. Oh, wow. Where, yeah, it was one of the most craziest things that's ever happened, but that was my most favorite, favorite fight in the history, just back and forth, hard hitting, going at it. And I took that one on two-week notice, too. <laughs> I was actually at that fight. That and uh, the your opponent there, uh, I forget how you pronounce. It. I think you said Pikal, um, a big guy. You know, in a lot of your fights, you've been the undersized heavyweight, um, especially against guys like Alexander and, and Johnson and and that that kickboxing fight that was actually at the Pachanga Indian Reservation here in Temecula. Um, and uh, just for also our fans that have uh, fight pass, um, his fight with Guto uh, Innocent. Um, was on the uh, Barnett and Cormier final for the strike force. Um, Guto did take home a, a decision that night, but if you want to see a fight, that that's a fight. Um, that was one where I watched Virgil compete, and you know I actually called him up and told him that they should be called the uh, the Indian Zombie. He just kept coming forward, and I mean it was a it was a war. It's it's one to definitely catch if uh, if fans have fight pass. You, you, you know, so you, I don't, I don't even know what that fight pass is, but you, you could watch the whole fight. Yeah, UFC has a streaming uh, program. It's uh, like nine dollars a month. It has all, their whole uh, their whole library, and they carry Strike Force fights. So you can go and you can click, you can click on that and uh, watch the whole event or individual fights. I need, to, I need to do that because I've never got to see that whole fight. I just know going in my head, like I know the first round. I, after the head kick, I don't even know what I was doing. Pretty much, uh, pretty much after my finger got got uh, dislocated is what they said it was, and the nerve was kind of dangled. But the whole hand went numb to where I just kind of went off of. of I don't even know. But uh, the second round, and I thought I won the fight actually going into the the later rounds. I know, I know for sure it was a split decision that he beat me with, but. 
his dad, him, they, I mean, his face was a mess after the fight and all I had was just my finger and the head kick, but they came up to me and they even still, we're still talking with really good friends. Uh, and, and I, and I, don't, I would, I'm curious to see what he thinks as far as his tough fights. Cause I know for sure they, they didn't expect that from me. Well, he's went on and he competes in glory now. I'm not sure if you're yeah. aware of that, but he's, yeah, he's one of the yeah, top, yeah. Uh, top heavyweights for glory kickboxing. Yeah. He's um, a, yeah, he, me and I'm a really good friend. So he, he's a great, I mean, the dude is uh, before he was, a. uh, uh, MMA guy, he was a badass kickboxer to where he did a lot of world tip. But the, the guy was unheard of. Nobody wanted to fight him. I, I knew that much when when I took the fight, and my manager was calling me about the guys they gave me, the guys name the names they gave me, and I and I said I don't care who you give me. And they said, well, we really don't want to try this guy, but let's go with this dude, even though we don't know. And it was his at the time. It was Carlos Innocent, Carlos Guto Innocent. Then uh, he changed it to another name, and then it was another name, and then it went to Guto Innocente. So for me, uh, it was a great fight. I trained my ass off. I had some of the, the – that was probably my best camp I've ever, ever been in in my life, in my whole career, because first, like the team, and then second, I think it was just motivation of, of knowing that strike. I think that was my first fight back after my uh, my uh, injury and the layoff um, with Strikeforce. They kept me out for a year, over a year for me to get cleared with um, – my medical stuff in my head, but uh, yeah, it was it was fun, man. That was that was a great great. Uh, what, what card did you see that was that? That was the Cormier Barnett, the finals of their open weight uh, Grand Prix. That's when Cormier came in, right? He had uh, just stepped in and won. Yeah, he, he was had like come, or something. He had come in the, the the his fight before and knocked out Bigfoot Silva after Bigfoot had beaten Fedor, um, and then it set up the match with Barnett, who had beaten uh, Karatanov and. Um, and Brett Rogers to get to the. Oh, finals. you know that's right, that's right. Because when I was leaving the hospital, uh, they're they're both in the hospital, especially Barnett. He was he was looking like the elephant man. And not for nothing, <laughs> just just to show you guys and anybody that's watching or listens later, uh, this is why I love talking to Matt because he's like an encyclopedia. Like I actually, there's times when I'm doing when I'm writing articles for the websites that I write for that I'll 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 ask him stuff for for if I'm not sure about it, I'll just send him a message and he'll shoot off he'll shoot off facts the way he just shot off. Uh, that event that you were in. That's crazy. And that huh? was about, about 13. Well, how about was that, 2008, 2009? Uh, that, no, that was later. Uh, well, the it was 2012 12. or so. It was yeah, right towards the end. Yeah, because they, uh, they, Strikeforce was completely brought into the UFC in early uh, in early 2013. So I don't remember the exact <laughs> I think it was. I want to say it was in May. I, had a, I, I remember because I had a Padre game. Or, I went to something that night, and I watched your fight on the prelim. And then I had to catch the the rest of the card later that night. Wow. Um, but uh, that's crazy, right? You, I, you're just as, as much as awe as I am because this guy's got like I don't know how <laughs> yeah. you did. But I, I don't remember what I did two days ago. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Hey, let me just ask you. You had mentioned that the the fight was Pecal. That was the one that you said you won, and and, and they flipped the card. There's no way you can contest that. Or, so, or you, so what it was? It was for the W. Uh, what is it? The WF, WCK, WCK World Multi. Uh, you know, the, the big one of the biggest, if not the biggest, in the United States as far as full rules Multi, uh-huh. and it was for the world title. Um, I actually uh, took the fight on two week notice because the guy who was supposed to fight him. You know, it's, I don't know if you know who Marco Pikiao is, but he's he's a world renowned, one of the best Muay Thai fighters in the in the sport. Has been for years, and, and Sergio, Sergio Pikiao is his little big brother, but. Um, He's a, he's an, he's an amazing. He's still the champ in like three different organizations. He's really really good uh, Muay Thai fighter, and uh, I didn't know. You know, I don't know. I don't care what he is or what. You're coming down. Let's get it. You know, and and uh, mm-hmm. dude was a dude was a, they called him the Baron when he showed up. I'm like, where's the guy I'm fighting at? And then he walked up. I'm like, 
No, you guys said the guy was supposed to be 220 pounds. This guy's not 220 pounds. What the hell? But, uh, you know, it was, it was definitely, and that's the only fight my kids have ever been to. Both my kids are 10 and 11, and uh, that was uh, 2000. I don't even know when that was. My son was five. He walked out with me, and uh, they've never been to any of my fights ever since then because it was just yeah, all my nieces, all my everybody that was there was just crying in tears because it just looked crazy, you know, but. So to me, it was my favorite, funnest fight. I, I that's like the most fun I've ever had in, in any fight, and the most it was crazy. So with all the high profile, I mean, you've had a lot of high profiles. You fought everywhere. As far as uh, I mean, we and and you've got obviously you've got a lot of great stories from all the fights you've been in. But looking ahead, would you would you like to pursue kickboxing some more, or or, or is MMA? I mean, MMA's growth. Is is it's so big right now? Do you want to get back into MMA again? I know you just fought in December, but like, what looking at at twenty eighteen? What are your plans as far as uh, fights go? So yeah, twenty seventeen was a really good year for me. I actually, I actually won. I'm, I'm actually right now the current WCK heavyweight champion for for Muay Thai. Uh, I went down and won that bout, and then I went to Mexico and won an international heavyweight bout for Muay Thai, and then. I had a pretty good, uh, you know, for me, the MMA, I love, that's, that's my, that's my bread, you know, that's my money makers. I, I love that. I love competing all over with whoever, whenever I was kind of disappointed in Bellator when, uh, when they didn't resign me, just because I had, I had a pretty good run with them. I only had lost twice with them. I had, a, had a ten, nine fights maybe. And, um, I was more motivated and I've been motivated ever since 2016 that I wanted to pursue kickboxing. After that fight, I wanted to be both my kickboxing and MMA. And I still am. I'm actually hoping to have uh, defend my title here in June and then uh, June or July. But I've been in to having my manager trying to work on getting me on, you know, any, any show. I just, for me, I'm, I'm going to be 36 years there and it's all about staying busy. I don't give a damn about what it is, where it is, who it is. I don't I'm not chasing belts. I'm not chasing nothing besides living the dream and living the love another day and have fun doing what I'm doing. And, and I've been, I've been blessed. I've been so much fortunate to do what I do. And I mean, I just, this, I'm in my year, this is my house. I just bought my house a year ago for the first time in my life. You know, that's yeah. a huge thing. And honestly, I mean, I have a platform now to be able to give and do what I do for a living because of this, this sport and the career that I've had. And a lot of that, it's taught me so much more, about myself and it's been able to me be an amazing coach towards kids and, and mentoring towards youth where I have my own program now on the reservation. I'm actually working on a deal with PBS to be doing a documentary with uh, helping and growing natives around all the reservations in Southern California. Oh, that's uh, cool. I, I actually just started for the first time. Uh, I've been running a, a mentoring program on Patonga Indian reservation here in Temecula for 11 months and uh, it turned into mentoring three or four kids. And now I have over 20 something uh, pupils and students and uh, it's kind of hard doing it by myself. But at the same time, I, I love, I love being able to help the, the next generation, the kids, the youth, even adults or whoever wants to do it. I mean, I'm all about that, but uh, sports is my life. I love, I love kids. I love, I love being able to sh tell my story and, and help somebody learn from it because that's the only way you really can get off in life is, is through experiment. I mean, um, experience and, a lot of things that I went through as a young young man has kind of definitely put me in a good path where I'm, I'm blessed, you know. You know, um, I want to make sure I pronounce it right, but you're a member of the – is it the Kumeyaay, Kumeyaay tra tribe? No, I, I'm from the San Pasquale Indian Reservation, but we are Kumeyaay Indian, yeah. Kumeyaay Indian. Um, I believe, you know, in the last couple of years you've been to, uh, you know, Grozny, Sochi – Shanghai. I believe I saw somewhere on uh, maybe Twitter or Facebook where you mentioned one of those places you were the first uh, Native American. 
to ever step foot on the on in that country? In, Chechnya, in Chechnya, yeah. So in Chechnya, they've never had uh, no Native American, and it was it was kind of cool because the second time I just went out there to fight Alexander, they actually had the president. They took me to the president's house to the to the white I don't know presidential house, and. Um, honored me gave me i got a big thing in the, my uh, my garage where i have my little man cave where they blessed me with saying the first and the second native american ever they gave me a picture of uh old chechen fighters from back in the day with all our old you know with chiefs i mean a lot of the things that they did too the first time when i went there and they knew that i was coming because i was the only american to ever be there at that time to to go through their thing they did this whole flag walk through and uh everybody was going oh it was the most coolest thing ever because for me I've known history books. I mean, for the most part, I really don't really know that much history and I don't really believe a lot of it, but everybody knows Chechens are, are war, like one of the toughest warriors out there. And the, for the Russian friends I do have, have always said they're, they're, the, they're the, they're the mean bean mustard machines over in the Europe, that part of Asia, Europe, you know, but, uh, I was so honored to be able to do that. Nobody from my tribe has ever been to Poland. Nobody from my tribe has ever been to China, uh, you know, and that, in itself is the most accomplished thing I've ever, I don't, you know, I don't really gloat on that, but man, I'm telling you one thing growing up and being where I've been and how I was and that none of them expected me to do anything besides prison. And a lot of them, yeah. a lot of that motivated me because there was incidents that happened amongst my, my reservation where my reservation is one of the few reservations where, where three, three families make up the whole res. So we're all related, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, that, that you can only imagine how that is when, you get annoyed with somebody that's your cousin. You still give a shit. You're going to get them, but their family, so you can't really beat them as bad as you want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, um, another thing that came up and I, I, it was pretty cool, you know, take politics out of everything. Um, you want to fight in, uh, in Sochi, um, a year and a half ago, maybe year ago. And, uh, yeah, it, was yeah, for, yeah. it was for the S 70, uh, event. No, and, actually it was um, July. I'm sorry. July, July. Um, and I don't know if fans know, but Vladimir Putin actually came into the ring and did, didn't he award you like a, the cha- you know, they gave a championship belt to every fighter that won that night. Um, it, it, was oh, tournament, yes. it was a tournament. It was a tournament. Go, go but, ahead. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, no, not at all. But, but so, but he ended up, he came into the ring and actually congratulated you. And, you know, like I said, take, take politics out of it, you know, a chance to get a photo and meet one of the most powerful men in this world. Um, I think it's pretty damn cool. <laughs> you know, I, so honestly, I, uh, I, I had got the call a month before that and, and it was, everything was, I didn't really know what it was going on. All I do know is that it was going to be, if you, if you, if you get accepted for this, you have to come by yourself. You have to send me this, 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 this. And if they approve you, then you're going to be fighting and you'll know the, the week that you leave, you'll know what you're going to be a part of. And for me, I, I was like, all right, I don't care. I'm just ready to fight. So I fought their, uh, their champion at the time, which uh, I had no idea who he was. Everything that came up on him was, it wasn't even the guy. And when I got out, I, you know, the first thing was I've always wanted to go to Russia. So when I took the, I took the um, Yumiya fight in Chechnya, that was, that, you know, everybody's like, don't go to Chechnya. You shouldn't be in Chechnya. And, Man, I'm not, I'm not, I love, I love people. I love how all people's cultures are, no matter if they're crazy or mother. I don't care about any of that. I, I love how, for me, that's what I wanted to do in my career. Uh, my, my last manager, Nima Sapapur, uh, you know, he's a good guy. I, I always kept on telling him, listen, man, I need you to tell Bellator. I need you to tell, I don't want to fight locally. Please get, get me out of here. I don't want to fight 
over here because the pressure of that was just mounting up on me to where I couldn't focus, you know? I couldn't focus on what was the task. So I, I was requesting to get out of here. And when, when me and him parted ways, the guy I signed with was uh, my my old coach of uh, kickboxing. And I just said, you know, please just do what you have to do to get me out of here. I don't want to be – I want to travel. That's all I wanted to do in this whole entire sport was to be able to fight. If I make money, good money, cool. Knock some people out better, but I really wanted to just have that outlet that I needed to punch people in the face and then, you know, to be able to travel and do what I've done. When I met uh, Vladimir Putin, though, just so you know, there was only 50 people allowed in that room. 48 of them, 48 of them were part of the most exclusive parts of Russian people. Like there was the former president there. There was Uzbekistan president there. There was the Turkish president there. There was a... uh, 28 of his, I don't know if they're cabinet members or what they're called, but this place was on lockdown compared to lockdown that I've ever been in. And, and they've treated me like royalty. I, 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 can't, I can't say nothing bad about Vladimir Putin. He came up, he told me that I would thank he, you know, the way he had said it was, thank you for the knockout. And I'm like, what? Like, what do you mean? But he meant, I mean, he said, thank you for knocking something. The way he had said it was basically backwards to where like, great knockout, you know, but. Um, he was a great guy. Nobody's ever touched him. He don't like to be touched. Nobody. He doesn't like anybody around him. He let me hug him. He let me, you know, he let me get him in and like, all right, you know, and to <laughs> me, I think that's the most, I, I didn't do it. Those that know me know that's exactly who I am. I'm a people's person. I'm very animated. And what I did, I'm like, all right, brother, give me a hug. You know, he put the belt on me. It was, uh, the, the creator of Sambo was there. It was, it was one of the most amazing highlights of my life. And I think afterwards I got to hang out with, you know, some of the people that I've, would never even know I would be in a room or dream that I'd be in the same room as any of them. But for me, being in the row, uh, Vladimir Putin's probably going to go down to history as one of the most powerful men in our time, you know, for sure mine. That, 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 and I could say him right there with him. He's my bro. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Was there, when you said you were the only one who was allowed to be there, were you able to bring a corner man or a family member? It was just you? Just me. Flew me out through the weekend. And, you know, the one thing I will say that they, the way they treat – Royal, I was got to go stay at the Sochi Olympic Center, stayed there, had room. I mean, there was every food, money, whatever I needed, I got taken care of. And that was pretty hard for me because the guy that I really wanted to help help me was the guy who was like the assistant promoter. So he couldn't, and he was like the only guy who spoke English. So I hung out with a lot of the Brazilians and, and the people that, that had that broken English to help me enough to get around. But Honestly, I, I mean, I didn't give a damn. You can put me in, in anywhere in the world and I'm going to try to make fun, have fun. And that's kind of where it went down. And I just was expecting snow and cold and, and it was freaking 60, 70, 80 degrees of humid, just humid sweat. I had everywhere. I'm like, man, I oh, can't wow. have my shirt. Sweating. I didn't know it was like that. It's nicer than Jersey right now. It's freezing <laughs> over here. Hey, but the beaches, amazing. Everywhere you went, just spread out like it was crazy. Oh wow! Hey, um, you were talking about just the uh, back to what you said you're working on uh, with the the documentary and the stuff you're doing to help other people. Um, uh, if you're if you were talking to anybody, or I'm sure you have uh, uh, talking to somebody that's interested in starting an MMA career, starting out fighting with the state of the sport and everything, what would you what would advice would you give uh, said individual? So that's funny that you bring that up. That's, that's actually an awesome question. I uh, recently, like I said about the mentoring program, I had three boys that, that had been with me for 11 months and uh, all three of them had, you know, their, their, their own, they're 15, 16, 17 years old. And every single one of them were uh, 
every single one of them are basically kind of having that uh, point in their life where they're going to, you know, they're going to take this road and, and mess up. And a couple of them, two of them did. And the other one kind of didn't because of his brother and him, but he, he started having that head strong. And a lot of us boys, like for me, I know for sure on the reservation, we're very proud, proud people. And a lot of the boys and men, on the res, uh, we ain't afraid to fight. We ain't afraid to pump our chest and let people know who we are and when we are. And, and and that's that's a beautiful thing. And also could hinder some kids. And for me, I'm I'm I pride myself on being old school and from old school res and 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 keeping it like that. And you know, face up and hands up and just just trying to be. If I'm going to scrap, it's going to be one on one or or however it's going to be. It's going to be in a good honorable way in the most part. And now most of these kids are just they don't know how to give respect but they expect to have the respect no matter what. And one of the things that I've been trying to really give and instill in most, most youth and let alone my own kid children is, is that self-confidence, that, that, that belief in yourself to where you don't need to freaking be a follower. You don't need to worry about what people think about you. If you believe and love yourself, there ain't nothing that you can't do or somebody say, it don't matter. You don't have to be tough. You don't have to act like you're a badass. You know, you're a badass. And, and, and the main thing is that self-confidence where, what I'm trying to go through and teach them with experience and long story short, one of the kids ended up fighting two weeks ago for his first amateur fight. Uh, we oh, kind of nice. took, he's a really good young man and he ended up going in there getting the fight of the night. He ended up beating, uh, beating this kid who had like three fights, amateur fight, the, the Carlos, the young man that, that I've been, he's from the Pachanga Indian reservation. Blew my mind, man. It was the most nerve wracking experience I've ever been through besides, besides my kids being born probably because that's how much I love these, these, these kids that I've been helping with. And, he, he did amazing. It was amazing, amazing opportunity. So I actually have this little thing going where now all my guys, I have seven fighters, that well, seven kids I want to fight now, and they're all pumping up and getting more and more. I love it because they're all getting more and more motivated, and they're motivating each other. And, yeah. and I honestly never wanted to do or expect to have, like, a fight team, and I don't really consider it. But, you know, we're, we're teasing, you know, team rest dog, team rest dog. I'm like – you know, I call myself the res dog to, to represent what it is to be a res dog, to be honorable, to to fight, you know, to be proud of your land, of our people. That's what a res dog is, you know, to, to protect our homes, to protect what we stand for, not to be bullies, not to be, you know, to be out there thinking we're tough on a res dog. No, that's not how I always portrayed it. So I kind of already was trying to pull back on that. Hello? I said that's a good name for a gym, though, res dog gym. Just F throwing it out there. Yeah, yeah, you know, in uh, the facility itself is beautiful, but um, I was just more trying to help these boys out to understand themselves, you know, and a lot, and a lot of things with, with kids nowadays is they're so, I didn't grow up, Brooke, I don't think, I don't know how old you are, but I'm pretty sure, Matt, you know for sure, we didn't grow up with the social media, we didn't grow up with iPads, we didn't grow up with the stuff that, that was not a factor in our lives to where nowadays, with my own children and with my nieces, my nephews, all the kids that I do, I could just see how, how bad it is that where most kids want to be inside instead of outside. Most kids, when they are outside, they don't know how to act around with each other because they're so worried about what's going on. And they're yeah. going to just talk to them through a text instead of having that interaction face to face. And I, hey, my dad had seen me not looking at him in his face. I take a backhand in the nose. And, and that was just <laughs> kind of how it was. Yeah. I think we were probably, I definitely you know- am so proud of, of, of what I've come from and what I've done. And, and, I, and I take a lot of, I take a lot of, you know, time away from my own family to do this but and i get a lot of grief from it too from the from the wife but at the same time man it, it's what it's what keeps me going nothing else besides helping the next generation grow and be be who we can be and as far as the fighting 
I don't know, man. I, I'm not a big fan of the amateur stuff. I'm not a big fan of the way most of these fighters nowadays are kind of watering down themselves by picking opponents and trying to build build their career up on fighting bums and not perfect. You know, I, I've never ever been afraid of anybody or anything in the world when it comes to fighting. I still ain't, and nothing. I mean, there's some guys out there right now that do not. They're in a spot where I should be when they have they haven't earned it like I have. But at the same time, who am I to say that? You know, I just definitely know that. Uh, I'm a hard-nosed, old-school mofo where, where hey, hey, I ain't scared of nobody. So that mentality has carried over into my professional career where, where I've, I've been able to be successful. And I've lost some too, but I, I don't care. Like, I don't ever I never worry about the loss or, or losing. I worry because I'm winning already because I'm being able to do what I do. At the same well, time, you, I hate losing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely were, you know, we're fairly similar in age. And we always like to point out that Ed's the old man for this podcast. I am. <laughs> but um you know you talk about you know hey did we lose you there we lost your uh, video. I, I think so i don't know what's going on the, your your voice is still coming through but you, you turned off your camera somehow no wait, okay hold on but we i just seen that what the heck your your icon right here we go am i can you see me no no we can hear you though. Wait, wait, there, there we go. go. There you go. You're back. So, um, yeah. you, you talk about mentoring kids now, and uh, you know, being a old school mofo. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know who you were trained with before, but since pretty much I've known and been kind of around you, you uh, you trained with Team Quest and Dan Henderson. Um, what kind of influence did being around one of the all time greats, you know, have on you? Um, as far as teaching you how to deal with the business and just be a professional. <laughs> to be professional, I don't think he taught me anything, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, the greatest thing that I, and the one thing that I will always love and, and, and be so honored to be able to have and train with Dan and be a part of his team and just everything that he's done for my career as long with there's, there's, there's a good handful of us guys that Jesse Taylor, Fernando Gonzalez, we grew up at the same time. And for me, I was freshly out of prison. I had to, uh, I had one fight, went to prison, got out of prison. Two weeks out, I took a fight, and then I took another fight. So I was 3-0, and and I really didn't know what this was. I, thought I was just wanted a scrap. I thought I was a tough guy, you know. Not really that mentality, but I wasn't training. I wasn't doing the proper things that I needed to do to be a professional fighter. And then I actually walked into a gym, and I got double armbarred by uh, one of my old teammates, Pat Spate. And it was funny because – I didn't know what the heck happened, you know, and that right there just locked me in. And at the same time, I'm on parole. Uh, I have my wife who's, who's pregnant. I, I have all these things. I have this other, you know, life that I was living on the reservation where I had to portray and be, you know, as far as stern and, and you know, getting people's business where, where it didn't need to be. And I literally took that double arm bar and said, uh-uh, you ain't doing that to me and ever again. And I went back to the gym the next day and I fell in love with – with that that competitive nature that I had, but but more so, like I'm gonna rip your head off now. You're gonna get it. So whether it was doing sprints, whether it was wrestling, whether whatever it was, I just wanted to be better than. And and by the end of that year, there was nobody in the room that could mess with me. It's definitely on the feet, but but I had kind of outgrew them, and and, and I, I needed to do something. And and matter of fact, the gym was actually getting ready to close and move to San Diego. So I just. Me and my wife actually moved up to Palma Valley and um, bought a house up there. And then we, we 
I think I just started going like, I don't know where else I'm going to train. And I, and I knew, I knew that Jesse was up there and I knew another person that I knew was up there. It was, who the heck was it? It was, I want to say, I want to say it was Art Santori. I don't know if you know, remember him, Matt? Oh, uh-huh, yeah, I saw him fight in, uh, gosh, a few events. Can you guys hear me? I can barely hear you. Yeah, yeah you're fine. Yeah, you're coming through perfect here. Okay. Uh, so uh, when I went up there, I first started going to Team Quest more as a body bag than anything. You know, They knew I was, I was a brawler. I wasn't scared. to. I would just come forward. I didn't know anything about sprawling. I didn't know anything about throwing, putting combinations together. I just was knocking fools' heads off. And um, <laughs> first greatest day in Team Quest, I got my hand added to me like I've never been before by uh, Mark Munoz. You know, he, he, he had, uh, oh, wow. I'm blasting him with some hit shots and all of a sudden I just see my feet in the air and I didn't know what happened to me, you know, yeah. <laughs> he had just power doubled me and turned me up. And then, then that right after from Mark Munoz, I went and King Mo had me on my back, just destroying me. And then I got up and I'm like, didn't know, even know how to breathe at the time to throw in punches. You know, I'm just sort of broad. And, and it's so funny when I think back on how I used to be training in that gym, because I was just a hundred miles an hour with everything that I did for 45 seconds. <laughs> and yeah. it's just a street fight, you know, pretty much. What? The, uh, the, I mean, it's just, it's so cool to hear you, you talk about what you're, what you're doing, especially this, the stuff you're doing to help out uh, the younger people and, and hearing about your past. It's just, I think stories like this need to get out more uh, just because in my region, like uh, they only lifted the ban in, on MMA uh, in New York in 2016. So, yeah. So it's like it's like to you know there's so many people that don't know the positive aspect of of what mixed martial arts and martial arts in general can do for people as far as turning things around for them. So it's really good to hear these stories. Well, you know, you know what kind of gets me, uh, you know, what kind of gets me frustrated now though about this the, the, about the the whole what MMA is now is is it's getting so watered down with these regional. Amateur shows and and everybody, you know, I mean, I, I think I think pretty much UFC shoved it down everybody's throat to where now my baby that's not even thought of wants to be an MMA fighter, you know. But mm. it's just gotten too too bad to where everybody thinks they need to be on the big show. Everybody thinks they need to be undefeated to do this, and a lot of that has to do with promotions, promoters, people trying to find that next person who they think they can sell them, and whether it be local uh, a local tough guy who can sell tickets and. I actually grew up in a time in the sport fighting where it was honorable. They, the, the promoters were good to me for the most part in the regional circuits, you know, there were no stuff that's going on nowadays. that I just, it's just ridiculous. I mean, you know, how hard I haven't fought since December and I'm, I've been a free agent since, since I want to say I've been a free agent since I left Ballasar pretty much because I signed a contract with two different companies and they both just kept me busy. I still have a fight coming up with the, with the defending of the title for the uh, Russia. And I think it's going to be July or June, but um, you know how hard it is for me to get fights because people are afraid to fight a tough fighter, let alone, let alone, I mean, I'm 30, you can say what you want, but a tough experienced fighter will not get a fight compared to a guy who's 10 and 50, who they'll get a pick up and put in the show because they need their guy to take a, you know, whatever it may be that people are taking too many easy fights and not respecting the, what 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 I went through, what most of the old school guys have went through, the, the Jesse that Jesse Taylor, you know Fernando Gonzalez, my teammates, a lot of us that have been on these just on the grind from day one back in the day, man, we we don't even get we don't even get nothing, 
and I really love, I, I reached out, I got spoke to the legends of the cage, the legend of the cage. I mean, what they're doing and how they're honoring some of these older guys that, that have laid the foundation. That's what this sport is supposed to be about. The honor, the humbleness, learning from yeah. losing, you know, learning from fighting, learning from the, the gladiators sport. But when you have these guys who are walking around with belts that are amateurs who don't even know you, who have you fought and who have you done, but they don't even train. They're not even training. You know, they're, they're just trying to be, call themselves fighters because it's the cool thing to do now. Well, that's part of the problem. You mentioned like Fernando and yourself. I mean, you started off, what, 7, 8, 9, and 0, something like that. And you've always yeah. had a, a, a pretty solid record. Somebody like Fernando, I believe he had a stage where he was damn near about a 10 and 10 fighter before he had yeah. his big, big run in Bellator. Same but with he, Jesse. And, and Jesse Taylor as well. You guys came up in an era where it, a loss didn't necessarily knock you down the ladder. People respected you for fighting. It was all about the respect of stepping in the cage. Whereas now, like you mentioned, you have fighters that are afraid to take that fight. It's all about the record and, and the, and the big events and it becoming a uh, more of a worldwide thing. And, you know, people see the boxing records where guys fight mailmen and end up with 30, 40 and oh records. Um, and, and I think that that's kind of filtered down as more fans have entered the, the sport of MMA to them seeing that. And whereas back in the day, if you saw a guy who was seven and six, it, it didn't mean the guy wasn't a good fighter. It meant that he was fighting when there was only a thousand fighters across the whole country. You didn't have a pool of 250, 500,000 fighters, whatever, whatever the number is now to be able to kind of pick and choose your path. So when, when guys, you know, when you're fighting for like strike force and they go, Hey, you're going to headline an event, and we're going to give you Lavar Johnson. At the time, Lavar Johnson was a monster. You know, he yeah. was six foot, six five, six six, two hundred and sixty pounds. You he know, wait actually that he could wait for that fight, that sucker. You know, I, and honestly, they only I was a two week notice fight too, and I only got that fight because they signed a contract with me. We did the contract, and their guy pulls out of the fight, and then they try to cancel my contract. It was a three fight contract, and they do that. I signed the fight. So they were going to cancel it because uh, they, I don't even know. I couldn't, I was like, what? It was the most craziest thing I've ever heard of, but they got away with stuff like that. They did. We're doing that all the time to our us at quest in the beginning. Uh, so when I took that fight with LaVar Johnson, I had came off of my first loss from a, um, this dude who like a gladiator trying, like you said though, Matt, you know what, man, hearing what you just said right there is amazing because you're, you, that's the truth. And you have no idea how good to hear. Like, that's crazy that you're, you're, you are definitely an encyclopedia for MMA. That is amazing that you had that statistic because nowadays you got a hundred, 500 fighters, but ain't none of them caring about or doing anything about fighting anything tough. They're not, they don't care about that. They don't, it's all about, it's like a big show. It's like WWE now. And it's kind of getting sad because guys like myself and other fighters that are tough and, and you know, why can't we get fights? And not even get fights, but even when we do the big shows, they don't want to pay us anywhere. They're, they're so worried about us beating. Bellator could have paid me, kept me easy, and I was such a team player and happy to fight for him. But at the same time, they never gave me any. Every matchup was always four weeks out, five weeks out, two. There was never no camps. I never had a full camp. They never, ever went out of their way to make me feel comfortable. And they only used me for the most part because it was on my, you know, the reservation where they knew I would bring the house and pack it because they couldn't sell tickets. They had to call me. And majority of their time, they always did it. Last minute. And I'm, I'm like, I'm like, well, am I going to get the fight? What's going on? You know, and, and I was always just so frustrated at the time with them doing with a lot of the fights that when the fights did come, I was just so happy I was fighting. All right, let's go. Then I didn't care. You know what I mean? I'm, I don't like I said, I took 
I'll take a fight today, right now, and scrap and be happy with it. But it's just frustrating and annoying because I know how far and I, and I'm I've definitely turned it and been blessed with what I have done in the sport. But I still got a lot to go. I'm not trying to go another five years. I, I got two years left, and and I just you know. I've been fortunate enough to be able to travel the world, see different spots, get to do what I got to do. But I, I definitely want – there's still things I need to do in the sport. There's still big fights that I want. You know, there's 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 things that I have yet to to challenge myself. I, not with anything else, but with me, you know. And, and I've never – I've never been 100% in going into any of my fights. I've never had a full camp, and I've never ever took myself away from my family and done – focused on me for just a fight. I've never done that in my whole entire career because – I mean, I like being discombobulated and managing my kids, my family, my work, coaching, you know, that just, that's just what keeps me going. But at the same time, I've never been selfish enough to step away from all that and just focus on myself. But yeah, well, we'll it, see, you know, I hope the right matchup comes up. There's some big names, some guys out there that I want that I got, you know, that right. I, I would love to fight. But Like who? And I mean, just off the top of your head, you have a na- any specific names you want to mention? Yeah, I mean, for 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 me, I I hundred percent, man. I don't, you know, I don't never, and I, I pride myself on never making excuses, and I try to teach that and, and and filter that to my kids. But every single time, every single time that I fought for WFCA, it was basically, and I love they they treat me good over there, but it was set up for me. And I'm not saying they're dirty promotion, they're dirty, but they are a dirty promotion to where. They do everything they can. And I know that, though. And I knew that going in it. And I'm, I'm up for that challenge. I like my back against the wall. I like you to tell me I can't go nowhere. and Tell me. And let me let me hear you tell me and see if you can stop me, you know. And, and for the most part, it is it is a, a ugly situation when you get across a different place you don't know and you, then you get sick, you know. And I had a great camp for Alexander up until the week that I left, you know. And, and I got – I had got the flu so bad and then they had did some things to me at the airports and, and my tickets and everything where they my room it was just the felt i felt 100 percent set up where they made me uncomfortable enough to where i i couldn't warm up the fight but it is what it is he got lucky you know and honestly he i was not hurt i just had nothing to get up he didn't hurt me he never he didn't even freaking drop me when the fight it looks like he dropped me and i i had fell back up until that point i was winning that fight in my mind but i had no energy no nothing and I, I kind of want that one again. Also, there's, there's some, you know, some guys out there like I seen that uh, ACB, that company over there. They just hired that Ben Edwards guy. I'd love to bang him with him. Fabio Maldonado, man, he, me and him are meant to fight each other. The, our styles are so oh, yeah. good. That would be like the fight of the years. Uh, I would. That would definitely be on the I would. Yeah. Well, I definitely want Matt Matrix. I, I want. I dust, I dust him. He's a good, athletic, beautiful oh. feet, good hands. Guys that got no heart, you know what I mean? He got no heart. He quit her. You, you can't. That's what Bellator was afraid of with me is they put me in the cage with somebody that they're trying to build up and market, and I just shut their whole lights out. And the times that they ever gave me opportunity were on a two day, three week notice. They never ever marketed me like the way they should. Only Native American in the whole entire freaking professional M marks martial arts, and your Bellator is using ninety percent of the Indian reservations. You don't want to use me on any of the reservations. Why? That's the dumbest thing because they couldn't match me. Well, point. and when they do, they make me pay with a guy who's going to try to hunt me the whole time. Yeah. Well, the, the Maldonado fight sounds exta- uh, outstanding. And um, I do know uh, that right now, uh, uh, Global Fight Nights or Fight Night Global, uh, where he fights for, is scheduled an event in Los Angeles in July. 
So if anybody's no around here watching this and, and has any contact with them, I Please. say get the res dog in Maldonado in the in the cage in LA. Well, the, 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 they're, they're, he's not, that's not ACB. That's a different one. Fight Night Global. It's a whole different one. Fight Night Global is what uh, Maldonado fights for. He might, I, I, you know, I'd have to check because it, between M1 and some of that ACB and stuff, I get confused. I don't think he fought in ACB ever, but uh, definitely he fought Fedor in Fight Night Global. And uh, he's fought several times there. And I know they have an event scheduled for July in L.A. right now. Um, so that would be well, great. For me, he's just one of the – he's one of the – he's always been one of the best. I love his style. I think – I mean, just the scrapping style coming forward. He's got great ground, great wrestling, tough as nails, exciting fight. Fighters who want – I'm not going into the fight. I, of course I want to win, of course, but I'm, I'm here to fight, to knock your head off. That happened, you know. I mean, I don't know. I've just it's been it's been a it's been a long road for me, but I definitely want I want to end my career on a couple big notes. Like I've always wanted to scrap Tito. I've always wanted to knock that big head off his shoulders. Um, there's you know there's a few other guys out there that I really don't. I mean, I really I'm not I've never been big into calling people out. I've just always wanted to fight whoever's out there, no matter who it is or what there is. Alexander Milink, okay, yeah, let's do it. I don't care. Well, what about this? I don't care. Like, how big is he? I know how insane he is. One of the Come on, you know the guy's insane. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but uh, um, I mean, well, before, we're going to close it up soon, and we're coming on the end of the hour. Is there anything else? Uh, so, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Matt. Did you have another question? No, I was just going to also throw out that I think you'd be a perfect fit for uh, Combate Americas. Um, they're they're they're, they're an event that runs. Uh, Ed can probably fill you in a little more, but they're basically a, a if I'm a event that focuses on. Uh, Latin American fighters and and I know they have an event coming up here I think on the 13th of uh, April yeah. in Los Angeles um, but their their focus generally has been the smaller fighters Matt Hamill fought for them at light that heavyweight would be another fight I'd love. you know and and uh, they could definitely I, I don't think they have a big uh, stable of heavier fighters so as far as light heavyweight and heavyweight um, and it's it's run by Campbell McLaren who is uh, one of the founders of the UFC yeah, so they, go to, uh, uh, they do go to Mexico. Well, Campo Grande, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure. I'll make sure. I'll make sure he gets the word. Um, yeah, but, you know, I mean, for me, for me, I, I just want to be. I just want to be able to do what I do and love what I, I don't. The, the thing that gets me more frustrated with some of these fighters is they say, "Oh, what, what can you use? You ain't trying to market. I don't want to market you either. I don't want to sell you either. I want to fight. You're looking for fighters. You, what is your what is the problem that most of these promoters they use everything in their books and their political powers or whatever it may be to try to use us us fighters as a piece of meat. And that's why I wish one day one day we're going to have that union and watch these guys are going to have nothing to say about that. And and honestly, I would suggest for these younger fighters coming up to know to get with the right people put yourself around the people don't don't sell tickets don't do any there don't do no promoter any favors honestly that's the biggest biggest mistake any fighter could ever do is trying to help out a promoter help out a promotion try to they don't care about you all they care about is making money and, and honestly that would be my message to most of the, all the younger fighters out there is, is to to stand on your own girl believe in who you are and and you're worth something you know and and make sure that they pay you what you're worth because honestly it's it's a struggle this life is not made this is an ugly business and that part of it the fighting of course is the most wonderful reward that most of us get but really nobody wants to get their nose snapped in half and then now no insurance and not got to pay for it and out of their own pocket with what they want that's jacked up but that's what happens you know i i definitely would love to do what i've been doing which is traveling to fight whoever whenever and i ain't no Taking those slots, I'm out to prove a point to myself. And, and most of it is 
that I still got this, you know, and none of, none of these guys, they don't want none. They don't want none in any, 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 any part of the motherfucking world. Sorry for cussing, but that's all right. That's for me. I just know that I, I, I got it. I, I don't know what it is. I have to keep on doing besides I've always put on an exciting fight. You know, I think, uh, I can't even think of if I had a bad fight, like it was boring. Um, uh, I can't think of one, and I've seen yeah. just about every one of your fights in person. <laughs> so <laughs> that was that was in the United States. So before we, yeah, had I know, this... and I, I was just trying to, just kind of, but either that, I'm, I'm not trying to pump myself up for that either. I definitely know that guys like your guys yourselves who are out there marketing, helping us fighters, have that voice and put put ourselves out there to where the world and everybody else can know. That that's that's the thing that people need to understand that it is either. You know, you guys are putting your time and effort away from your families, and honestly, I appreciate it. I know most of us. Are scared or, or to do whatever with journalists, but you also get guys who who use that as their market to, to market themselves and more power to them. But I'm not a talker, you know what I mean? I, I've always been a firm believer in actually speaking out of the words. And you want to talk, talk, but you cross those lines and those boundaries, and you say something to me when we're not. I don't, I don't play games like that, you know. You're not yeah. going to talk to me outside of the ring and, and think that we're going to hug afterwards. I'm going to bust your head off every time I see you. <laughs> well, you definitely said a mouthful right there, man. I mean, well. We got to wrap this up, but is there anything, any sponsors or anything you'd like to plug or, or anything? Uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, well, definitely, I definitely want to thank all, all, all of you guys that are listening. You know, uh, um, I definitely want to thank all my team that's been behind me for years. Paradise Chevrolet, Bad Medicine, Fight Syndicate, La Cocina, uh, JT Wine. That's been one of my main sponsors and friends for, for over my whole career. He's been amazing. Jason, Jessica, you know, uh, Frank Phoenix from Barona, my brother. Uh, therapy pros, Rich Garage out of Ring Conrad, all my boys from the reservation in Ring Con, Sapasquale, Paula Pachanga, Pizza Factory, La Cocina Gold, Juan Rotisserie, Apex Fight Year, Crate, Rich True, uh, of course, Pachanga, Reservation uh, Rec Center, Native Media Team, my cousin Keith, you're doing amazing things. Keep it up, my brother. Um, CVAC, Savage Fitness, my cousin Eric, he's tearing it up right now, building the things, and uh, Paul Batten, Mission Indians for sure. Baja, yeah, and Unipravity, and all, all Indian brothers and Native Americans and kids out there, do it for your people. Do it for the right reasons. Don't do it for anything else besides that. Don't do it to be tough. Do it because your people know what we are. We're warriors from day one, so don't think about anything else besides them. Well, it's been excellent having you on, Virgil, and I, I can't thank you enough for giving us an hour of your time and being open and honest about you know talking about your career. Um, I'd also let fans know that they can follow you on uh, Twitter, at uh, Virgil's Wicker. Um, and follow this site uh, or this podcast. I'm sorry at uh, at Combat Hour. Uh, myself at MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, follow Ed at Carbazel um, on Twitter. Hey, Instagram too. I'm like ResDog1916. There you go. Hey, thank you guys so much, man. I appreciate it, and you guys keep up the hard work too, man. It's hard business. And- Ed, hey, great meeting you, my brother. Yeah, great meeting you. Please keep me posted, man. I'll definitely, um, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing uh, what you do in the in the rest. Right, so, of the are you a Giants fan or Jets fan? Me, I don't, I don't. I'm an MMA fan. I don't follow any of that. That's that's really? that's, that's, so funny that's, that's I, a whole I other. Follow the MMA. Like, I don't <laughs> that, follow this MMA. That's a whole. Football. That's a whole thing that I don't even like to get into around here <laughs> because if I if I claim one, they'll they'll be out up front with pickaxes and. and well, you can you can use Philadelphia. Because you look like oh god yeah (laughs) all right all right thanks man hey thank you guys man god bless and have a great day absolutely thanks Virgil and all the promoters out there anybody who sees us let's get this man in the cage or in the ring somewhere in the country across the world sign him all right thanks Virgil talk to you later yep have a good night.